Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds. A young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Totten and Hotspur. An Irish kid with a horrible haircut. A young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan. Hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Ewan. Magic. Aston. Andy and Miguel and the rest my friends is history and now all these years later you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes their football knowledge and their sensual advice but now it's gone too far you our fans are at long last witness to season seven 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 welcome to the gooners pod fuck me i forgot why i didn't pod anymore that's like (laughs) (laughs) it all come rushing back to you again like lord of the rings 4 it's so long hello and welcome to the gooners podcast episode 62 of season seven Hey. Dude, four uh, four of us are doing a podcast. When did you start doing the intros? I, I waited for you to do it, and you didn't. Are you trying to tell me you don't like coming into an explosion? Yeah. No, you I, know what, Aston? I was going to say that Mike owes me an apology, and I'm going to tell you why. I didn't want to start it off on the negative, but I went back and I looked, and on August 2nd at 3.04 p.m., I text Mike and said, Going into the World Cup, Arsenal will be in first place, five points ahead of Manchester City, and he responded, you're a useless cunt, go to bed. Okay? No, I, I now, responded that to many other things you told me, but not, not that. I mean, Now, did I send him 88 other predictions just in case? Sure, yeah. sure. But, Mike, apologize. Yeah. And, and the rest of the I, – I, I go into my WhatsApp, and there's 90,000 deleted messages from Andy, and then just, like, one in the middle of all of them that says, uh, you know, we're going to be ahead by five points. Uh, this is, like, the first time we've done a podcast that wasn't a post-game review show in, in weeks and weeks, and I, I just – I want to apologize for depriving people of this, of this group of people. Um, oh, and I feel like I haven't talked to you in months. Same. What the hell's wrong with you? I yeah, and it not might not. Uh, look, man, I'm, you, you I've been battling even got, you, so you got, hard like, internally. Whether you put over your microphone. Right? To... No, I've always had that. I just moved it. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's a 20 quid mic, man. Um, I was battling internally whether to actually do this or not because I'm probably shamefully uh, quite superstitious. And I said to myself, he's an, I'm actively I'm going to not try to dissect every single fucking thing that Arsenal do because it's not healthy and blah, blah, blah. And then look, look how well we're doing. I said to myself, if you go on and fucking podcast and we start losing, it's going to be all your fault. My only hope now is that 
I'm back in England in the World Cup this time, so I'm going to podcast like fuck, and hopefully they're knocked out straight away. So, are we going to make a bet again about uh, who, who goes further? I have England to or, some uh, sort of Ireland fourth. I have to arrange. Yeah, let's. Oh fuck you! <laughs> By the way, speaking of Ireland, we're gonna we're gonna go to our Irish correspondent right now. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh God! Aston, good to see you again. It's Thanks for, uh, for Mike. Mike is like the Kanye of the Jews. I swear. I, I that that like that's like an Inception kind of joke. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um. Thanks for doing the post game show on uh, with, without me on Saturday. Uh, you did great. You're you're blossoming into everything I knew that you could always be. And thank you for bearing the hyena at the Etihad so that Brentford would win that day. A little yeah. little known fact that we are actively engaged in rituals every day. Speaking of superstition, to make sure our Arsenal stay top. It's not easy being us. Yeah, it's not. I uh, we were very ritualistic, and uh, and Andy, is is this the last podcast before you pass away from another disease? You you are the most. You're a hyper. It it shocks me because I didn't think there were hypochondriacs in you know that that were born in Hemel Hempstead. But oh, I'm 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 self proclaimed hypochondriac, but when you actually have like a virus, it sucks. Um, you know, <clears throat> yeah. Um. First, I was surprised that this podcast was even still going. <laughs> you, uh, you just you checked back. I logged into YouTube for the first time in six months, and my God, there's still. I thought we had the chances three. <laughs> um, when That's I the, said to you, like, "Hey, we should have asked and come on as a as a regular," I meant a regular to replace me full time. Oh. Um, but you know. That's pretty much happened, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. I too am concerned about Owen. He hasn't been texting us recently. He hasn't been podcasting us. Um, he hasn't been phoning us. Uh, we don't even know what happened with those cows that were in his yard months and months ago. Yeah, I mean, how are we to get an explanation on that? I don't, I've been I don't waiting know. on my doorstep for a, a sack of potatoes to get delivered. That hasn't happened. <laughs> you know. We're just we are just driving this potato joke into the ground, and I love it. All right, mm. so I told I told you guys about it, something that happened to me. Sort of, uh, uh, making it even awkward that I'm lagging out like crazy. Apologies. Yeah. Um, did you move again? Um, and and you moved back into another area that doesn't have have internet. So I had a very embarrassing experience earlier today. It has nothing to do with Arsenal, but um, I, as I told you guys on on WhatsApp, I. We did a fantasy NFL draft, uh, some of us, Andy and some of our uh, our Yank friends, did a fantasy football draft back in August, and everybody knows how I feel about fantasy Premier League and, frankly, about fantasy NFL based on how I performed last year. So during this Zoom draft, I decided to rename myself Fuck Fantasy, like I hate fantasy, uh, and uh, kind of renamed myself and forgot about it. Uh, today, for the first time since then, I had a Zoom meeting with the financial advisor of a client of mine um, and logged on to the Zoom meeting only to see that my name was still Fuck Fantasy. Now, if you don't know anything about me or that I play fantasy football, it's probably not going to be your first impression that I am denouncing fantasy sports. 
No, dude, looking at you, if if I saw the words fuck fantasy and I saw your face pop up, I'm like, that's a kink thing for sure. Oh, He's I mean, into it, something. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it, it has to be. And and so uh, so this this very nice professional woman who I've never met before and is representing clients of mine that I've worked with for 20 years um, got to see about five to 10 seconds of me named fuck fantasy before I like threw my computer out the window because I couldn't figure out what else to do and log back in from my phone. So um, I might be uh, podcasting more often as well because it needs to, it will need to shortly become my first and primary source of income. <laughs> well, we've proven numerous times that we can't be canceled. <laughs> uh, we've oh, tried hard. That hasn't stopped us from trying though. Yeah. We have tried really hard. Um, all right, let's jump into this. Probably, is, probably um, down to the fact that we've got more hosts in this podcast than listeners. Th- yeah, that's that's true. that's true. I mean, once if everyone's a host and no one's actually listening, then we can't be offended. We we can't be offensive. Uh, no, that that's true. That's but, no, that's not true because I'm offended. I'm, <laughs> how, how does that work? I don't know. You don't get offended easily. I can I can tell you that because <laughs> we wouldn't still be friends if uh, if you had if you were uh, easily offended but anyway yeah let's uh hey Aston just uh, you know we were talking about it right before we went live so I have not yet met Aston in person but we will be in the same city for two weeks so it will happen over the holiday period Mike has made it very clear that he will be an hour and a half away from us and I guarantee you there is no chance you and I can meet without FOMO driving up to meet <laughs> with us and mike you know you have a place to stay at my airbnb i think there's an extra bedroom if you want to spend the evening well you um, know i th- there was a by, by extra he means his there there was a reason that i didn't think that i would be coming up uh from sarasota to uh to orlando a reason i haven't really talked about publicly yet but i probably will on this podcast um so breaking news but um but given the way that it's gone, uh, I think I should be fine to do that. So even though I and my new palatial estate, uh, as you keep calling it, it's really not that big. Um, but uh, even though I will only be an hour and a half away from you and you have refused to come down and visit me and have a dip in the pool and all of that good stuff, uh, I will probably make the trip up to see you guys because I, I do get FOMO, you're right. And, uh, and by the way, listeners, listeners, if you go to the GoonersOpenMic.com or no, Gooners v. Cancer and make a donation of $25, you can get in on our exclusive trip. That's right. Aston, Mike, and Andy will be in the same place and we'll sell that experience to you for a donation to a charity. Well, we're just, yeah, we're all, we're all just going to be sitting down as Andy has always <laughs> suggested at a table with, with, you know, eight by tens and a, and a Sharpie. <laughs> and just oh. waiting and just Mike. waiting for people to show up <laughs> mike's like oh you didn't bring a sharpie i got one no, uh... <laughs> oh you don't have a headshot of me no i got one don't worry about it you you, you didn't bring an arsenal shirt to, to to get me to sign here here's one from me <laughs> i have a whole bunch of new ones i bought just for this you know, Aston brings should... up a good point. There was a time where people would donate money for you and I to do stupid shit. Um, and so Aston and well, my plan was for Aston to come and meet me at Universal Studios. Mike, I don't know when you want to announce your news. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. Maybe, maybe I will not. not be able to do that. But you could walk around with us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do some Arsenal talk for a minute. And Can then I do we'll one get quick in... thing first. Can I do yeah. one quick thing first? 
on a serious note, um, the FCA awards are going on right now. Um, they're in Manchester this year. They very conveniently excluded the uh, best charity uh, category. So I, between that and, and other stuff, I, I couldn't make it over for the awards, but they look fantastic. They're streaming on YouTube. And uh, congratulations to Tom Canton and, uh, and the Gooner Talk TV. They, last year, he won third place in a very competitive category. This year, he won the gold or the, um, the silver, which is second place in the, um, in the best content creator or best club content creator Premier League. And, I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing achievement for him. Lee Judges TV won an award for, uh, for best uh, in best new contact creator, content creator. And uh, so Arsenal's cleaning up. Great job and well, well deserved to him. So I just wanted to say thank you to the. Do you think he's you know, going to thank us for putting him on the map? You know, when it, unless you win the thing, you don't actually get to make a speech. So uh, you know, he's been tweeting about it, and I haven't seen us mentioned at all. So uh, so no, I, I I think he's already forgotten about us. Now now speaking of Arsenal continuing to win, what a crazy season we're having, right? Dude, it's been Hassan's the king of the segue. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. I, you know, jokingly, I didn't actually text Mike that. I wouldn't have known which group to text it to since he's added me to about ten thousand. Um, oh, he adds you to groups, oh, dude. It's like insane. I like so there's days where I wake up and I've got like eight hundred unread <laughs> WhatsApp messages, and sixty percent of them are the same message that Mike sent to all the groups that I made. Because well, at one point I thought we was mates. Uh, well if you come fucking visit me we would be Uh, so this season has been phenomenal and and no one in their right minds would have guessed that we would be in the position we are and for me personally when you look at the season we've had we haven't had that season where it's like hey we're in first place out of luck we haven't stolen points from games We've controlled and dominated the teams. And you can almost say, well, had we played a little better against United and had a little luck fall our way, we would have three additional points. And that, I think, speaks volumes even more than like, hey, we're we're in first place solely by the five points. I'm in the camp of like, by the end of February, City are going to be 10 points ahead of everyone in the league and we'll probably be in second place. But it's been phenomenal and, and enjoyable to watch and exciting. And, you know, um, it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, Aston, we're what we're a third of the way through the season, a few yeah. games less than we would be if we were actually going into the Christmas festive period. Right. They made up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I think we're, we would normally be what 16 oh, or no, it's four less games. So I think we'd be 18 games in now and we're 14 games in now. Right. Yeah. Um, what, what I wanted to say, though, is, man, what does Arsenal have to do to make you start speaking with some chest, man? Like, t- City, 10 <laughs> points ahead of us. Like, if we continue on this pace, like, our pace is insane right now. And we've played most of the teams out there. I mean, the only really two scary teams we haven't played are Newcastle and City. And with that level of consistency, I just – I don't see City – I don't think that there's going to be that big a swing. Now, do I think City will take it? Yeah, sure. But I don't think it's going to be like 10, 15 points like Gary Neville and 
and the lauder saying you, you know what i really noticed over this process and i think that everybody's kind of always like hinting at this magic that's happening around the club right now it all started when we started putting arsenal people in charge after the turnover from wenger you know really if you think about it when we first that turnover happened uh we put a bunch of like people that have never been in the club in charge, Sinelli, Mislintat, um, all, all of them, and Unai Emery, all people that just like don't get Arsenal. And it kind of started with Murdersacker, right? Like Murdersacker starts, um, takes over the uh, the academy, and then all of a sudden we start producing these really great players, and then um, and then we get Edu and Arteta in, and and it just seems like there's a bit more of our DNA involved in what we're doing and it's like we've got our arsenal culture back does that make sense it does and and i'm the only reason i'm saying that about city is and it's because i just you know i'm with you i think they're going to win the title i just part of me is like hey it's it's, they've traumatized you yeah it's inevitable we're arsenal right we can't have nice things we haven't for for a really long time you know all the people around me who are not arsenal supporters that i know really well have all said like, this is your season to lose. You're the most consistent performing team city. As we saw against Brentford can be beat. Um, It's can we step up in those moments? And we are seeing that against Chelsea Tottenham um, against those teams where, yeah, maybe it's not scrappy, but we're still beating them, you know, and, and bar um, bar two halves of football. We've been the best team on the pitch in every game we've played. We were better than Manchester United in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we just had two. We made some mistakes. Ball. Yeah, we got caught on on the counter and and got some some really shitty calls from the ref. But we we were the better team in that game. The one game where I felt like we really weren't the better team is the one we drew. Uh, we were lucky to draw that game, in my opinion. What was that? Um, it, it wasn't the, the Southampton. Southampton. It, it. I don't think it was Southampton. No. Well, okay. Leeds. I yeah, think. I think it was it was the Leeds game where where that, oh, Gabriel almost got called for the red and the penalty, yeah. but then they, they you know, mm. but I mean, we deserve to lose that game, but we also, you know, deserve to not lose it. If we've been, it, it's weird for me to get so excited. I mean, I, I'm excited, but then I'm also like, like I think, and this is where you were coming from, Andy. I, I'm just. I'm self-protective. I don't want to like really just flick that switch in myself that says, "Holy shit." We are the best team in the league. This is I, because we just—I I just haven't experienced this in almost the entire time that I've been an Arsenal fan. I was too young and naive to experience it, uh, you know, in my first go around in the '80s. And then, you know, when we were dominant and good every single year, I was kind—you know—I was out of the picture. So, I mean, it's—I was in that picture, Mike, and it was a feeling of and. Aston, I don't know if you were supporting as much as you were back then to now, but Owen, like I remember when during that invincible run and around, you know, plus or minus two or three years around that, I literally just go into every match, assuming that the game was won already. Like, you know, you were in that. Yeah. And for me, the reason why I just don't, it's the depth. That's the biggest thing, right? You look at this Arsenal squad, like one or two players goes like how big of a miss was Xhaka against Wolves. I mean, I think everyone kind of like could take a step back and be like, fuck, that's a huge miss. Now, you know, Jesus, Martinelli, Saka, like we are one injury away from being like shit. Um, and that's the only reason I don't think we'll finish the 
cross the finish line in first. Mike, I don't know about you, and, and oh, and I think your internet's back up. Yeah. I'm not looking at how many points we are from like first to second or third. I'm looking at that fifth spot where I'm like, okay, are we in the Champions League? Like, we're putting distance between that position because I feel like that is still probably our board saying, great, we're in first place, but the goal this year is Champions League. Now, yeah, that might change. I think, the problem, I think the problem, the problem. I think the problem is nowadays is that we live in such a binary society with the internet and with podcasts and with um, all that sort of stuff that your opinion goes on the record and people hold you accountable with that opinion and, and don't let it change whatsoever. And the two positions can both be true. And that's where I said at the minute, which is that top four is f- perfect. That is exactly what I want. If we finish the season in third, I'll still be happy. It's still a progress. The fact that we're in the position we are, at the minute speaks to just how well things are going, but it's not unrealistic to think that there's going to be some sort of drop off at some point, but it can also be true that you can be fully excited as an Arsenal fan to turn around and think that, do you want to know what? Yes, we are 100% in a title race because I think that one thing that fans and media especially (laughs) are doing that's getting on my nerves is that they're very quick to turn around and say, Arsenal fall off eventually. It's the squad depth isn't good enough. It's this, it's that, it's this. But watching City multiple times this season, City are nowhere near the strength that they were two years ago. Um, the way that they're playing football, I think somebody on Canton's podcast um, described it as bottlenecking their attack, which was absolutely spot on, which is that um, one of the things that made City so brilliant was the fact that they didn't really even play with a recognised striker. So the fluidity of their attack was so good, which, but now... It's that much, little bit more predictable. Laporte isn't really playing to the same strength that he is. They've got their defensive issues. Fernandinho's gone. So this is as close to a transition period as we're ever going to see Man City in. Um, and the thing that people are forgetting as well, that we're still, we've been missing Mohamed Elneny. Say what you want about him, but even for the fact of giving Thomas Partey rest in Europa League fixtures and keeping him fresh, or missing Emile Smith-Rowe. So we have levels to go up as well. I think... In my opinion, it's all going to hinge on how, put it like this, I think we're going to see how serious that how serious Arsenal are in themselves when it comes to the January transfer window. How much we're willing to throw at this and how much we're willing to push it. Because for me, look, you can be as reserved as you want. You can be as level-headed as you want. You can be afraid, as afraid as you want to put your opinion down on paper for people to throw back in your face. But I think that at this point, this far, this long into the season, five points clear of City, and with the gap that we have on the rest of them, and not only that, the manner in which we're performing, um, I think you'd be silly to say that the prospect of a t- us being in a serious title race not being there that that you're just uh, I don't know maybe you're marked by all the years of pain that you've uh, endured. Yeah, it's totally pain, but it but if we go into January like and they say to to, to Lester, hey, what what twenty twenty five for Tillman's. You know, if they make a couple moves, they add two or three good quality depth players, then I think it changes. But it's totally the the heartbreak. Yeah, well, that that and, you know, <laughs> last year, the year before, people would always, you know, like, don't, and I'm not talking just about celebration police, but it would be like, can you really celebrate that last minute goal to tie, you know, to draw Crystal Palace at home? You know, can you even celebrate a win in the midst of, you know, six losses and we're, lingering in fifth or sixth place and i've always said you know 
there's a short-term and a long-term approach. The short-term approach is we just came back and won this game. Yeah, we're having a shitty season overall, but I'm excited about the way we won this game and the fact that we won this game. Doesn't mean I'm thrilled and happy with, you know, with us lingering in sixth or seventh place. It's almost the opposite this season uh, because the, the acute thing is, hell yeah, we just beat Liverpool. We just, you know, we just gutted it out and, and, and dominated Wolves uh, when our eyes could have been on the World Cup. I'm thrilled in the moment still, but a little less confident about the rest of the season just because, you know, I, I don't want to count my chickens before it hatches. I don't want to get too, you know, uh, and, and ask and tell me whether you agree, but like, I don't want to be, I don't want to act like I've been, I want to act like I've been there before because I'm just worried that we won't get back. Well, uh, I, and, I, and I know cool. where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from, but this is what I, this is what I have to say about this whole thing, because this didn't start today. This didn't start yesterday. This didn't start this season. This didn't even start with Arteta. This goes back to when I started watching Arsenal Football Club, which was in the late 2000s. So we're talking like 2009, 2010. And I, for my entire Arsenal life, have watched the mighty fall every single year. It was slow. It was insidious, but it was happening. You know, you start watching players like Cesc go, Nasri go, Van Persie go, Song go. You started seeing slowly like that team that was on another level until finally it just hit ahead where we suddenly weren't expecting to win when we go to Brighton. We weren't expecting to win when we go to Everton or insert random um, team here because we had lost that aura and it was sickening. And so what, and that has traumatized us. It's traumatized us as fans. We, we know we should have, we, we deserved better that we needed better. And I guess everybody's playing, playing uh, uh, hide and seek. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I just did that as a joke because I wanted to see how long you would go on. <laughs> listen, I got this. I got li fans. <laughs> listen, fans of this show know that you guys ditching me uh, and making me do a show on my own is is not unusual for well, what we're still, we do you're here. Still, so. You're still kind of a pledge. Oh. In the, in the, in the yeah, um, but anyways, but yeah. So <laughs> the point that I was making was just that it's been a slow process and it's been a long time coming. For the first time, we're seeing players like, like literally we're seeing homegrown players that mean something to the club su uh, succeed and thrive we're finally watching players we're not watching like uh um sorry to say it but like a renade adelaide or a zelalem where there's this plateau we're just seeing them go and go and go and we're so afraid and we're so traumatized from years and years of shit <laughs> i mean the, that, the jeff, jeff kind of turned into a pretty good player just not with us but it's funny because they, they see, see what you're saying there, Aston. Some, something mm -hmm. about, and I was 12, 13 when the, when the, the Invincible season was, so maybe it's simply the fact that uh, uh, I was too young to even, to even appreciate it. Um, at the mm -hmm. time, I don't think that people realized just how good the Invincibles were. Um, you know, like the, the respect and um, the glorification and the pillar that that, that team is sat on um, nowadays, I don't think that people had that feeling in the midst of that. I think it takes a while to realize um, 
how great something is it's it, it always takes a little bit of hindsight and i'm not comparing this side to the invincibles that's not what i'm doing whatsoever but what i am saying is that i am these issues that we have that, that these issues that we have you know oh, fucking gabrielle made a mistake or gabrielle jesus is finishing isn't up to scratch and blah 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 all these small criticisms there was criticisms back in the day too you know, oh, the, the too many fucking draws, 12 draws, what the fuck is this? You know, and then now look at the way people are talking about it. So this is what I mean about it can be a dangerous game when you're dissecting every aspect of, of Arsenal all the time. Oh, and those were the, sometimes those you just were, have... Those were the days before... Pod, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a different game back then, financially and, and otherwise, and it was and it was a different... I mean, people consumed things differently. I mean, I... and And... You know, we go around and around talking about the the you know Twitter fans and negative fans. I don't really want to make this about that. Um, yes, you do. Yeah, well, you know, we can do a show on that uh, now that Owen's back podcasting constantly. But the um, you know, it, it's just it's just different. But yet, people want to people want to compare Arsenal's performance to either Arsenal's best days. You know the early '90s or the or the early 2000s or basically that period from from '91 to to 2005 minus the mid '90s, uh, or to compare to what petrol clubs are doing and and you know financial doping clubs are doing, which is also unrealistic. Um, that's what makes this the, the the parody that we've seen this season: Brentford going to United and beating them. Uh, you know, uh, who was it? Forest beating Liverpool. You, you know, Liverpool's now back in the what? The top six. I mean, they're not. They're 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 not as good as they used to be, and they still have have big big exposures. But you know, we're seeing bottom of the table teams beat upper level teams constantly this season, and yet we have been able to avoid that. Uh, you but, but know, let me completely. Let me just say this. Let me just say this because I don't want to focus on on. I don't. I want to be excited. I want to. I want to sit down and I want to talk about like all the great things that we've seen over the season that get us really excited because I think that trauma that I keep speaking about makes us want to like analyze. Okay, maybe these other teams aren't doing very well. Maybe you know Arsenal have been absolutely excellent this no, year. No, at, at this point. The, every, everything would have regressed to the mean by this point. They say not to yeah. look at the table for the first 10 games. Well, we're 14 games in, and those yeah. 14 games have included, you know, as, as we talked about before, games against every single quote-unquote top team with the exception of Chelsea. And, 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 you know, or I'm sorry, with the exception of City. And you could, you know, you can argue about Newcastle. I think that they're they're kind and of we're out, doing out it with punching the- right now. And we're doing it with the youngest team in the league. Yeah. We're doing it with, and and I know this might be a controversial opinion. I don't think our attack has completely clicked yet. I no, don't. I, I, when I when I watch them, I see things where they're not quite communicating uh, quickly enough yet. That's why you see in the final third sometimes it just looks like we can't score. It's like I think there's another gear there, and I think we have a bunch of young players and a young manager and a and a in a team and a in a connection with fans that we don't even know where that's going to go. It seems like our fans are louder every single game. 
where does this go? And that's what, that's why I'm excited now. That's why I don't like, you know, we, we could sit here and we can remember the trauma. We can, we can go game by game. And I, and I'm for that. I want to, and I like that we move in silence. I like that. Listen, nobody wants to pip us for the league. Fine. Zero pressure. If we don't win the league, I'm not going to be upset, but while we are on this train, let's ride it, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, who's also can I, uh, can I ask something? Oh, yeah, sorry, let me just ahead, let yeah. me just give a shout out to Max uh, from Australia with uh, with a very generous um, uh, super chat. Thank you. Uh, it says everyone in chat. I think I speak for all Arsenal fans, which is always dangerous to say, but um, I would love it if you did speak for all Arsenal fans by saying that we're living the dream right now, and no one would believe that we'd be top of the table. Um, I don't. I mean, we know from the predictions that we had before the season during the the potathon, no one picked us to finish first. You saw a lot of seconds and thirds and fourths, but not any first. And this is just—it's it, just crazy. Sorry. Was there not one crazy fuck that said first? Maybe one, but it was like—I mean, last year we had we had uh, JJ, JJ saying we were going to finish first, and Spurs would get yeah. relegated. But yeah, fucking I love JJ. Anyway, yeah. But what I was going to say is the, the thing that I keep hearing everybody throwing into the chat is that. How are Arsenal going to fare out over this break with the World Cup? You know, and and oh, the, the, it's just an inter, inter interruption, and that it's going to derail our season and this and that. I well, look, the first point I'll make is everybody has to deal with that. You know, that and Man City more than anybody probably mostly impacted by the World Cup mid-season because of the amount of representation they have in their squad in teams that are going to go pretty far. That's um, the key. Massive. Yeah, They've got a lot of players, but they're also on teams that are very likely to not just play three yeah. games, but play five, six, seven games. And the other point I would make is that <laughs> I think this could be a lot better than people are giving it credit for, for our players, because we've got a lot of players who haven't found themselves in this position in their career before. You know, players that um, haven't had haven't been the front runners, haven't had to deal with the pressure of people chasing them with the media, pushing them up. And I think that sometimes when you have somebody like City biting at their heels constantly and it's constant turnover, it's hard to really sit and collect your thoughts, regroup and acclimatize to the situation that you find yourself in. And I think that for our squad more than anything, this break could be brilliant. This break could be something where they go away and sit and say, do you want to know what? We're here on merit. We aren't just stumbling through the season. We've earned ourselves uh, the right to be where we are. And when we go back, it's full focus i think that this break could be potentially massively positive yeah i i, I think injuries would be a much bigger concern than 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 the break and the loss of momentum if we want to call it that um because i mean this team seems to be res more resilient to obstacles than the teams of the past whether it's dropping points unexpectedly whether it's you know one one injury that we need to you know recover from but in this process of the last four or five years of completely overhauling every single thing about the, the, the roster or the, the squad and the club. And, you know, we have now built one of, if not the best starting 11s in the league. Um, it, it's the second 11 that we don't have the depth to the level of a Manchester city. I would argue <laughs> that there's a pretty big gap between Manchester city's second 11 and everybody else's it's not like you know it's not like chelsea has a like a ridiculously good second 11 they've got some 
players that could start at almost every other club and you know that can't get into their lineup, but not in all eleven yeah, but, positions. But, but, but Mike, the, Mike, the caveat of that is is that you can only put eleven players on the pitch. And the thing is, is when you look at Liverpool through their successful Premier League campaign, they basically started almost the exact same eleven. Oh no, I, I agree. Games. I agree, and I'm and I'm not one of these people that are shouting out, you know, why do we, you know, when we play like we did against Brighton in the League Cup, I'm not out there shouting, you know, see what happens because of our lack of depth. I'm shouting, we've gotten a hell of a damn good first eleven, which is which takes years to do. You don't do that in one season. <laughs> You can't. It takes four seasons to go. For, I mean, if we looked at the starting eleven from three years ago, in in some random game, I mean, it, it would be laughable. Kalasinak and Mustafi and Holding and and uh, you know and and just the the level of player that takes a couple years, few years to do. And we have now done that to where now we need to start identifying people who are either depth players like. Like Telemans could, you know, probably wouldn't start mm-hmm. on a regular basis, uh, or really get a fantastic type of player if Mudrick turns out to be that type of person that that might relegate somebody to being second choice more often than they currently are, which makes your second choice team better. But that to to say that we should have done that by now, as no. many people are saying, I think is just unrealistic. I, and if, I, we I end up, think- if, if we end up coasting down you know, and falling down to a third or fourth place finish this season because we lose kind of some, 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 we just lose momentum towards the end of the season. We have some games where maybe we aren't playing Partey and we're playing El Nenny instead, and we haven't fully replaced. You got to look at it as a season as a whole and a three-year period as a whole and say, you know what, we've, we've gotten to this, 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 and this in our process of, of improving our team. And it has made a huge difference. Next we do this. Not yeah. we should have done it all at one time. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And I'm going to say something straight up because let's l- listen. We're all Arsenal fans here. Can we just be honest about somebody, something? Anybody that's any other fan that's talking trash about Arsenal, that's saying we should be somewhere that we're not. Oh, they, they suddenly want to call us title contenders just so that they can see that we're failing, even though none of them even pipped us to be in the top four. They're jealous. They're all jealous. That's what it is. That's jealous. It's fun. It's fun, right? It's great to feel. It's great to feel the envy of the rest of the league again. And that's something that is that is definitely different this season. I've got to ask you guys though, like. We do have a great starting eleven of this for the season so far. Which player has like stood out to you for which whatever reason? What player have you connected with? Whether it be like their performance on the pitch or maybe something off. Like what what player is like just grown on you this season? I, I look you've you've got the ones that everybody's going to say. You know, your Gabriel Jesus, Sinchenko, yeah. I think has been massive yeah. to the system. William Saliba has been. Fantastic, but look, if I was to pip one, one that have fallen head over heels don't, for it, don't take mine. Uh, don't please don't take mine. I have to. I'm sorry, Michael. <laughs> it's a uh, Granite Shaka. Oh, oh, okay. That that actually wasn't mine, but okay. Cool. Yeah, so I think that he has been absolutely unbelievable this season, and I think that the game against Wolves just showed how integral he is to the system, how important he is. To that group as a collective in terms of going out there in those types of situations and helping guide them through. Let's not polish over it. I think that that first half against Wolves was was pretty bad. 
uh, you know, I think that there was a lot of people there, you know, in hindsight, you look at the uh, the health problems that seem to be staining a lot of the trousers and, and underwear of, uh, <laughs> of the dressing room. Um, yeah, the difference between us and Spurs is we don't fold when they try to lasagna games. Yeah, exactly. We would rather shit ourselves and win than fucking <laughs> run to the bathroom and lose. That's how but, I feel uh, about podcasting. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think Granit Xhaka has been unbelievable, uh, if I'm being honest. And I think that's something that we have to do as Arsenal fans is a bit of self-reflection. And I've said this on a number of occasions. Granit Xhaka has been a square peg in a round hole for so long, ever since Arsene Wenger took him to the club, signed him. He was never a defensive midfielder. He was never a Thomas Partey type that can cover the ground and protect the back four. That's why he always shone for Switzerland in his international games because he was playing a role massively similar to the one that he's playing now. And I think uh, I think not only fair play to Granit Xhaka for the turnaround, but fair play to the Arsenal fan base for being as open as they have been to receive him back from probably circumstances that a lot of people wouldn't have been able to recover for. So um, I think it's uh, not only only so far. I mean, I know people who are even more, who were or are even more, you know, once you throw the shirt down for the club and tell everyone to fuck off, it's, it's, uh, it's over. I don't care how well you play. Uh, I thought that I was going to be that way, but I mean, dude, in every single way, both, both, yeah, but yeah, but those, but, but those dudes are the same people that wished terminal illness upon his children and wished death mm. upon his wife, and then uh, they not, get, not necessarily, then, but but and then, but they, and then they get offended when someone holds two fingers up at them and tells it, them it's fuck. misplaced prize to say someone can't redeem themselves in any, yeah. you know, for any, you yeah. Know, I mean, if he killed Arsene Wenger, then maybe that would be different, but but like you know, it, it's it's. It's an incredible redemption story. I have certainly come around on him. My and and I get tired of saying this almost as much as I'm sure you're sick of hearing this. My my complaints about him were never about play. You know, I, I recognize he wasn't the best you know player. He wasn't you know everything that we paid for. That you know he wasn't a great great player that we just had to start every game. But my issues with him were his personality and relationship with the fans and his defensiveness kind of you know how how he always kind of felt like he had to prove something and just wasn't a likable guy and the fact that he almost kicked my ass in los in los angeles in 2019 <laughs> um but, <Deservedly. laughs> but but those things i've come around on now not just because he's playing well but i think the fact that he's playing well he's he's you know he's enjoying his life he's he's a happy guy he's getting more love from the fans and and he's making better decisions on the pitch because he's not being called in to do as much dirty work. And by dirty work, I mean, you know, covering left back, whether he's physically covering the position for someone who's out or whether he's covering it temporarily for someone who's made a run up the pitch. He's not had to do that that much. And we are just seeing the best out of him. So he's, he's a great call. Owen, for your, uh, you know, for your guy, uh, you can, you know what? Quick question, quick question. Was there, did between Granite Jaka, because Jaka came after El Nini, between Jaka and Partey, did we buy another midfielder for like 10, not buy a midfielder for 10 years or something? Lucas Torreira. Torreira. Torreira is the only one. There was. Ganduzi. Oh, Ganduzi. Okay. There was like a. There was like a seven or eight year period where every summer it was like, we need a DM. We need a DM. We need to find the next Vieira. I remember being livid 
that we didn't go in for Wesley Schneiderlin when he was available from <laughs> Southampton. Yeah, it, it yes. sounds funny now, but he was fantastic for Southampton. He yeah. was available. He was like going to be like twenty million pounds or something like that. I mean, I I, I just remember that one person. There were others. I mean, Walter we were, Vidal, I remember as well. Yeah, we were one. we were rumored with him. We were rumored with Jan Mavila for nine nine. Says Fabregas. You know, I mean, it was it was just constant. And why don't we sign a six? Why don't we sign a six? And we thought that that ended with Lucas Torreira. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously, and and whether you argue that Thomas Partey is a flat six or not, even it, it can be can be debated. But I think we've solved the fact that we're mm-hmm. losing the midfield battle. Uh, game in, game out, like we have for the last seven or eight years. Um, I mean, so many players you could just, to, to, to get back to your question, Aston, so many players you could talk about just really showing their value this season. Ben White was mentioned. He's been unbelievable at right, at, at right back. Um, you know, some the new players we bought in, Gabby Jesus. To me, the guy who we knew was good, but I had no idea he was this damn good, is Gabriel Martinelli. Mark to I mean maybe he doesn't get answered by that Martinelli many people a while though. I mean, I, I, I have been, I've loved the player, uh, but I mean he has gone up a level this season from where he was last season and the season before. I mean, last season was the first time he consistently started getting playing time. The season before was the one where people were like, Why are you starting William instead of Martinelli? And and you know, or or why are you putting ML Smith Rowe out there instead of Martinelli? And, and, you know, he wasn't getting playing time and people started saying, well, he's going to want to leave. And we're, you know, Arteta's losing him based on his comments this season. I don't think we have to worry about that, but I don't know. That guy is just magic. Every time the ball comes anywhere near him, his work rate, his skill, his, his, you know, fight back to get to win the ball. I mean, that dude is, is probably, to me, the most fun player to watch, and I mean with and without the ball, just watch him run around since Alexis Sanchez to me. Yeah, he's infectious, infectious. Just and he's much more likable than Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. He doesn't he doesn't come off like uh like you want to actually invite him to a party. You know, you don't think. Oh, good. I would love to hang out with that guy. Yeah. I think for me, for the season, it's got to be, and I'm so shocked I'm not seeing it all over the place. William Saliba, oh my god! Like it's almost and, and too, it's almost too basic of a of an assumption. I mean, it, it's too obvious to pick. Yeah, up. that's it. That's not well, the fucking hipster answer, Austin. Well, it, yeah. Well, you guys don't need. I mean, I'm sorry if the hipster answer isn't the uh, right <laughs> answer because I have the. I only speak truth. What's the same? At least fucking Nelson, man. I'll, I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking uh, it's it's got to be um, uh, who who. Arthur Conkle. Have you seen what he's doing for whatever fucking second? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, no, Balogun. Balogun should have been the answer, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but but no, but seriously, William Saliba. Not just because of. Listen, I could talk about how he's the best center back in the league. I don't think that's an argument anymore. I don't. I don't need to fight that fight. If anybody wants to try to debate me on that, you're going to lose. But like. The, the thing is, his story is so compelling, too, because uh, he's such a cool guy. He It's his demeanor, you know? He's got that very, like, 
cool French cold. This, this like, is where Aston reminds us that he was spending time with the players over the summer. <laughs> when the camera goes off, he's still as cool as he can be. Uh, when the cat, well, uh, his, his camera goes mad, off. My, Sometimes listen, his camera listen. goes on at the wrong time too. Let's not forget about that. Hey, no, hey, but Aston was like, podcast, was like, yeah, fans, the cool guy. When the camera went off, we had a talk, and, I, and I'm like, oh my god. Hey, 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 Mark, hey, game. Mark, Mark, I see you in the crowd. Has Mike not like I? You saw that I did the commercial, and Mike has just never let it go. He's like, never going to let it go. You temporarily where, got, I, where you I got this jersey? He temporarily got more Arsenal famous than me, and I can't handle it. He's just, he's just, no, but seriously, I'm talking about that and how he brings it to the pitch. I'm talking about how Saliba, like, not that, that air, even when they do interviews with him, he's just so calm and collected for a 22 year old boy, you know, that we sent all over the world before he even got a chance to play for Arsenal. And then not only just, his well, we play. knew that because of how still he held the camera on the couch that one time when dude next to him was playing with his <laughs> he's that's, cool I mean, that's the, that he's takes... known he's calm under pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that he's got a steady hand, you would say. Steady. Which one of them? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's the I can't believe that's... that's the same guy that's like bossing he, I mean that's like our Tony Adams right now and, and, and what's crazy is how how attached because isn't that the most arsenal story you've ever heard right because of how attached we are to him what I loved about him was that like even even after videotaping his friend wanking we gave him all the respect on the pitch I mean remember when remember when he in what was it the second game he did a, he had an own goal. Yeah, he, like like William Saliba was the first defender this season to make an error that let that caused the goal. And I don't even think it was a big of an error, but but yeah, nah, the way he yeah. recapped from that and the way the fans picked him up, the, the the supporters picked him up after that, really was like this is a whole different story. If you just real quick though, before we get off the subject of of uh, masturbating on a couch, um, if you had a gun to your head and oh, someone okay. said an Arsenal player in their past has 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 done that i mean there's oh, no way you weren't picking... videoed somebody wanking on a sofa yeah yeah if if if, if, if you said I would say okay, it was Pat, patrick vieira has done that like five times no, no, there's no way you wouldn't have guessed mustafi oh yeah I mean, yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah, there's no way like like if i had a gun to my head i'm like i i've one guess and and you know i don't know but it's it's mustafi i don't know i i kind of would say Kazorla. He was a thigh guy. I don't know. That's just, and, and he's just like the right height. It's you know, he's just like the right you know, height what are you doing in here with the camera someone? again? He's like, ah, my friends. He got that good shot, you know, that they're doing porn, like under that's a good angle. He'll be a perfect guy for that. <laughs> yeah. He just and he could do that un- turn on a under angle that you hope isn't where your face is located. You hope you're holding <laughs> the camera out like with a with a <laughs> selfie stick or something. <laughs> Man, we this is we this is why we didn't. Um, I mean, why we deserve to be at that content creators award tonight. I believe uh-huh. we're just classic stuff, classic Gooners Pod stuff here. <laughs> hey, Max, buddy, you you don't have to keep giving us money, but we appreciate it. I did read your super chat. Um, I, I I read it a bit after you sent it in, but we did we definitely did read it. Uh, and and we oh, yeah. appreciated it. And you uh you you you. 100% characterized, I think, the way that most Arsenal fans are feeling. So, uh, 100%. Um, and we appreciate it. But but if I could finish a thought, 
let me just finish this thought and then for the love of god we can go to to uh bathroom humor um saliba the way that the fans cheered saliba when we got when he did score that own goal and then the next game we came up with the saliba champ i mean as a player how can you not be like as an arsenal fan how can you not be enamored with his story he's like the prodigal son that's come home and i love him unless he leaves and then he's a fuck yeah then they fuck him (laughs) And then fuck his family. fucking creep video on his fucking mid wanking. Oh, if he if if he ends up it's turning over. us and 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 turning into a Judas and going someplace else, our new entrant opening video for the podcast is going to be the video of him taking. <laughs> a, 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 yeah, it's it's just going to be that. Um, <laughs> it, it's yeah, it, he he is definitely the revelation of the season. But to me, you know, just personally speaking. Oh my god! <laughs> what are we getting here? Um, there was another one. There was. Another I don't one. see another one. Yeah, I don't see. I'm not seeing it. That's weird. Okay, he's right. Oh yes. Not only is he not only is he right, but um, I'm retiring now. <laughs> <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't have put this up because if we didn't, then we just keep getting two dollars. Um, I'm going to make a goal. Okay. Sorry, Max. My, my, my bad. I, I, I absolutely did miss that. Um, I'm going to be making a bold prediction that the only players out of the 10 players going to get minutes, uh, in the world cup, I'm assuming is Jaka Partey, Turner and Tomiyasu. I don't think any of the English players get minutes. Um, you know, if you look at their squad numbers and you, and you buy into the fact that, you know, the, the preferred lineup is one, one to 11, uh, then he's right. He's absolutely right. Cause Ramsdale's 23. Uh, Saka 17 and um, and Ben White is like 23 or something like that. I, I, I'm wrong about his, I think, but um, but There's I know Saka don't, doesn't play. I There's don't know why Saka doesn't play. No, I mean, no one has improved. And and Max, thank you for we're going to transition now into the World Cup. Um, no one has played better than he is to the point where his significant minutes in the euros two years ago when it almost came home owen um you know would be i don't think mason mount has has been better than Saka over the past year and a half um i mean he hasn't been bad foden what if i did. what if i told you that no english player since the last uh since Saka's last involvement in the euros has been involved in more goals besides madison can I ask you a question, though? So, of course, Michael, 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 since you are an um, avid England supporter and three Lions fucking renegade, um, is Harry Maguire better than Tamori? <laughs> I, I don't know that much about... I don't know that much about... What is his name? Fuck you, Tamori or something like that? Tamori, yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't yeah. know that much about him. You know, Mike, you're asking the wrong Mike about Tamori. Um, you know, hers is... Yeah, the, well, the, uh, the, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, he's not. But, he, he's definitely not better than Tamori. But guess what? Harry Maguire's there with a starting squad number. I was going to say, I don't know that much about Tamori, but I know a heck of a lot about Maguire. And he he shouldn't be on the England C team, much less <laughs> yeah. a starter but for the actual the, uh, England the, team. The, the point I'm trying to make here is that it doesn't matter how many goal involvement, it doesn't matter how good Bakayo Saka is. 
when Gareth Southgate is the manager. And this is going to be the stumbling block for England in that tournament. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm trusting Gareth Southgate's process. Uh, you know, I, I, I found it hard to, cri- to be critical of him throughout the last two international tournaments, given how well England has done, given how well we've performed. Um, but, uh, I mean, and, and we don't know who he's starting in the first game against, uh, who was it, uh, against Iran um, on Monday. We don't know, uh, but if it if Maguire's out there instead of you know if Kyle Walker's out there instead of uh, Ben White, if Maguire's out there instead of an alternative, any alternative, and we I'm don't gonna... and we don't win these games, he's I mean he he's not only got to be sacked, but he's got to be sacked with indignation. I can, I, can, I I can guarantee you that the first game against Iran there will be a back three of John Stones, Harry Maguire, and Eric Dyer. Yeah, for sure. And, and and here's the thing though, and, and this is what I'm gonna will you throw get a, will you get a uh will you get a, a tattoo of the three of them if that if it isn't that yeah three of them being hung, drawn, and quartered. <laughs> Sorry, <yeah. laughs> you just imagine like on his chest, he just has like Harry. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um no, I was gonna throw yeah, out get a, a tattoo of Harry Maguire's head on his head. <laughs> just, just... <laughs> Jesus, I'll need a head hey, extension. Where could you imagine having to explain face? that to your daughter? Like, like, <laughs> like, like Daddy, why, why do you have? Listen, there was a bet. I was on a podcast <laughs> once, and that's there not why. A... That's not why this podcast is titled "Bet" either. But but we will be making one. <laughs> um, um, no, no, I was going to throw out a controversial opinion, and and maybe this is. I, I don't know if this is the yank in me, but I think the reason why most of us say club over country don't don't hate me now national um um national team football sucks and by that i mean like because you don't have time with the players because of all of these different constraints players going in and out having different squads all of that you have to kind of do bare bones tactics, which ultimately comes down to defense. It's why like the finals have like, like think about the last finals you've seen, like when have they like blown you away? Like Netherlands, Spain, was that like one nil um, in that South Africa? Awful, um, the Germany, Germany Brazil, Argentina. Or Germany, Argentina. That was pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. And so, so you're going to know, you'll notice that defensive, like structured, more rigid, not the free flowing stuff. I mean, look at France. France has all the talent in the world and look at how they play. It's because that's going to be what gets you through. One nil is going to get you through. And for that purpose, for the purpose of this tournament with these players, with this style of play, I, I actually don't disagree with I, I mean I wouldn't take McGuire but like I wouldn't be against because McGuire can do that job you know what I mean but eh. I mean there's one thing McGuire can do and and I mean they should just it stand there with his huge head and get no, they, they, the, face of the ball yeah sub them in for they should if they could if, if they could do like fluid repetitive subs you just sub them in for every corner kick and that would be that would be it um speaking of French defenders Pavard Varan and Pavard's not a center back, but uh, uh, Varane, Kunde, Saliba, Lucas Hernandez, Theo Hernandez, Kanata. I mean, do you think Saliba gets gets a spot and starts? 
it would be the start of his life. Um, unfortunately, he plays for France, and France has no shortage of world-class uh, center backs with seniority over him, unfortunately. Um, I think he's definitely got a shout. And I, I think that if Upper you... Meccano too. I, I, yeah, I think that if you're going to see him, you might see him early in, like, a group stage game where they might, like, want to try him out or something, like, see where he is. But uh, I, I don't know that Saliba starts. I'd start him, personally, because I think he's better than most of these um, center backs, but I would understand why he wouldn't start. You know who uh, who is yet again included in the team for France? My guy. Uh, oh. Olivier, the most Giroud. beautiful man. In the Olivier world. Giroud, and uh, and oh, I would love to see him uh, establish his his dominance again in the World Cup. But I like um, that now that uh, uh, he's won the Ballon d'Or. They've got Benzema back front and center. That's a, forget about everything you've done, son. It's fine. But um, what here's what I'll say as well is that I think it's great for their confidence, especially the younger guys like Saliba and Gabriel Martinelli going to the World Cup. But but I'll be honest, as somebody with no horse in this race whatsoever, the less minutes these dudes play, the better. Go enjoy the World Cup, enjoy the atmosphere, but stay the fuck off the pitch. Uh, <laughs> because, to be quite frank, I don't really give a shit about the World Cup whatsoever. <laughs> um it's it's all about getting them boys back safe and and, and healthy and, and kicking on with our season. Yeah, I mean that's always the case. You want them to get the honors, you want them to 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 enjoy the experience. But then when they play, they get hurt, and uh, and, we, and we've not dealt so great with that. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> all right, are we gonna get a uh, are we gonna get a uh, copyright thing now? No, that's not copyrighted. Or are we, or, or are we just gonna get banned for being too sexy? <laughs> um, one or the one of the two. Um, uh, had to throw the curveball in there. By the way, I, I, I uploaded some stuff. Just, just, this is just a complete non sequitur. But here's the fan base. Uh, some of the fan base, I should say. I hate, I hate characterizing the fan base as one thing. But after the first half of the Wolves game. <laughs> oh, oh fuck that guy fuck yeah, that th- guy th- yeah, this, th- I, I should say this guy th- is a known uh, he's a known Lee Gunner acolyte wannabe uh, piece of garbage but uh, but, but yeah d- did I you mean, see do you see his header it's like in a world where you can be anything be kind and then he's fucking slating people yeah but I mean this, 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 you fucking idiot Willick scores one good goal earlier in the day, and and then this. And you know why? Because there are a couple of players. Martin Odegaard is one of them. Um, ben White is another one of them. Mikel Arteta obviously is a manager that fits this. That 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 you know was decided by the Lord and King Rat himself are not qualified to be appreciated by Arsenal um, and and. You know, instead, uh, it's players like Pepe who who have been ruined by by Mikel Arteta, Guendouzi who have been ruined by Mikel Arteta, and and those and and those players who uh, you know who should be favored. So back Pepe instead of jeez, uh, this is getting pretty uh, <laughs> this is getting pretty lonely in here. Um, 
you know, when, when people start backing Arteta instead of or backing <laughs> Pepe and friends instead of Odegaard and Ben White and all that and calling them names and that sort of thing, you see the 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 agenda. It's it's absolute agendizing and and you know it, it's like it's like American politics these days. You you well, you have to just be angry and be me versus them type of thing, and you can't just evolve. But anyway, I, I had uploaded those, and I, I just thought they were funny because they were literally posted, I think. Let me look at the timestamp. Um, well, speaking of agenda, I, I do want to That would have been 18 minutes into uh, – no, three minutes into <laughs> into uh, the Arsenal game uh, on, on Saturday. Speaking of agenda, can I talk about the agenda that we have that we haven't we, – we jumped straight into the World Cup without talking about Arteta first. What is the agenda on this show? Because I think that we should, like, like look back in this season, this these past couple of seasons, the, the thing that this man has done. Like, I, I think we should talk about it. Maybe just a little. I think we've talked about it. I mean, we've talked about it throughout the, that time period, and I mm. – you know. I, I don't know that we need to do a, a, a special segment on on. I mean, look. It could, again, this is this is the protective side of me. It could all end tomorrow, and everything can suddenly go to shit. And when the play starts going bad, then all of a sudden he loses the dressing room. I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, for the moment, and all throughout the last couple of seasons, with one exception, when I got when I wore the everybody out shirt, right right before. The Chelsea game that kind of started turning things around, uh, you know, when when Emil Smith Rowe came in and Willian had COVID or something like that and couldn't play, and thank God, and and then we started kind of, then we won the second half of the season, which which <laughs> was a huge major trophy. The um, you know, right at that point is that was the last time I, I questioned it, and from then on, I said, you know what, the results may not be there yet. We finished eighth, we finished fifth. You could see what was happening. You could see what do, was being do, done. Do, do, do you, you know what the biggest thing is, Mike? Like, the, the biggest thing for me is, right, results are one thing, and, and to a certain extent, some people would consider them the most important thing. But for me, the thing that I consider the most important is the, the feeling. You know, it doesn't matter what you can see, but what you can feel Um and for me, even sitting, uh, look, it, I've been extremely busy with my newborn daughter and I haven't been able to get over just as frequently this season as it normally would, um, which I, I plan to rectify after Christmas. Um, but January. Hey, I'm coming over in January, yeah, most likely. Oh, oh motherfucker. Um, what was I going to say? But, uh, yeah, it's the feeling around the club. I love Arsenal again. You know, so many... For so many years, I think we can all agree, we sat there and reluctantly loved the club and, and tuned in the matches going, oh, fuck, we're playing this team and this team. I look forward to game days now, you know, and you can walk about with, with your Arsenal shirt on proud of the fact that you're an Arsenal fan again. And for me, that's the biggest thing, is that regardless of how this ends for Mikel Arteta, barring any mental, um, controversial thing, I think we can all agree that if anything, he's a man that made a lot of people fall back in love with Arsenal again. Yeah, and I think that that like that speaks a lot to his heart's always been with Arsenal. You know, he, he's always talked about the connection with the fans, and this is the thing that I just 
I don't feel like for, for all the, the lack of attention I feel Arsenal gets for playing so well, I also think that Mikel Arteta, as much as we say, hey, he's got the dressing room, he's great at turning, we, we, we're not really praising like how meticulous this is all planned. He planned for us to have this connection at this point. He's been building to this. Like, just go look at look back at what he's been doing and how he's been addressing the fans and how he's been or, or how he's been coddling certain players. We didn't see Martinelli for a while. Why didn't we see Martin? Uh, why didn't we see Saliba for a while? And then not just the man management. He beats every single coach tactically on the pitch. I, like at some point we need to start calling this out. Like this man's been incredible for us. And I just think he deserves his flowers. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I think for many people, it's just, it's literally just going to take a trophy. Yeah. Um, you know, Which he's and, got one. Well, and, and not that trophy, uh, <laughs> but like it, it's going to take first or second place finish this season for, for, for them to come around. A lot of people uh, have already come around. So uh, something that there's da- a lot damage, of apologies damage. made on social media. Yeah. Um, you know, I an apology rings hollow when you've abused the guy. Yeah. And like, like it's one thing to say I don't believe. Like, like let me let me name names. Um, Dan oh, Potts. Dan Potts hasn't names. dropped an apology, but he he has been very critical of 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 Mikel Arteta, but not abusive not name calling, not, um, you know, I mean, he, he doesn't come up with these insulting names for them. We, he doesn't want them to lose so that other people will, will, you know, be able to be laughed at for how they believed in him. It, it, it just, I mean, there, there's a nuance to that. And, and um, you know, and, and so for him to come around and be praising of, of Mikel Arteta, there's, there's cover for that. But you know when you abuse the guy, when you call him a trainee manager, when you, I mean, when you just throw shade constantly, use everything as a stick to beat him over the head with, like you know the Saliba loan and the Martinelli not playing enough and the the Pepe situation, you know, then when you come around and start enjoying Arsenal winning and and praising the coach or saying you know what I, I didn't expect this, fuck you. Because you know, fuck it, you. <laughs> you, fuck you. You you can change your mind on something. You can evolve. You can you know, and it's never wrong to question or to be critical or to have you know, you know. But when you start talking about standards and 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 and, and yeah, now that we're winning, you know, now I'm satisfied because he's done the things he needs to do. He wasn't doing them before. Fuck you, if that's your well, opinion. Well, that's why. That's you why get, I, you don't get to enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. Take the ball ball away. Take the ball away. Yeah, you didn't have to back it 100%. I'm not saying you had to be positive and praising and, you know, and enjoying our eighth place finish and never having something negative to say. You didn't have to be, you know, toxically positive about it. But if you were toxically negative and constantly agenda driven against every single thing that the man did or tried to do, then you don't get to enjoy this, in my opinion. I mean, well, I, I don't mean uh, that literally, but fuck you. 
But no, I'll, I'll give you an example because it's not it's not that hard because you can be incredibly critical of a person. I think Turkish was very hardcore. Like he was Arteta out. He did a video saying I was wrong. I apologize. I owe, I am I sincerely need to back. Well, and tur- and, and and that's all it never, takes. Turkish that's was never abusive. We we look. Turkish and I are really good friends now. He's helping me out a lot yeah, with universe nice cancer. I, I I like the guy a lot. Uh, we did not get started off on the right foot because we had one of you know we had one of those. This guy's a, and I don't feel this way anymore. But I'm like, this guy's a numpty. We need to get him on the pod now so we can try to embarrass him type thing. You know, in other words, the type of thing that Mike Hers would have hated. Uh, but you know, it was when they did the Cronky protest, the one where the late Heavy D was protesting against the Cronkies with a brand new arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I I didn't agree with that, but like. Again, he's the way that he's always, even when he was in in, in his most quote unquote negative ways, was he was critical, not negative, not abusive, you know, none of that stuff, as, as far as I could tell. And and so to be able to come around and enjoy the positive things that are happening is a natural progression. And saying, you know what, and 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 especially saying, you know what, my preconceived notions on him were wrong. Mm-hmm. All good, man. That's what that's what he should have been doing. That's what should have been out there. But I mean, let me. Do you know what I think about people who didn't do that? <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to see Turkish's real apology. I want to see him go into the armory and spend a fortune on Cronky merch. <laughs> well, well, no, he's still he's still not Cronky in. He's still right now. He yeah, no, well, well, being Cronky in yeah, and being Arteta. Just, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, just yeah he's, he, he's actually defending Arteta against the Cronkies. He's actually saying like it's yeah, up to got the a little ways to, to go, back man. him. Yeah, so we get there. Go, get him, get him. Baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. Um, I still, I still, you know, I'm still considering dropping all of you guys and starting a new podcast with Turkish called the Turkish and Jewish Show. <laughs> that's 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 funny. That's funny. I, I, that, that's been. I think that was the title of, of of the podcast we had him on actually a few years ago. Owen, Owen, I know that you got to head out. So, quick questions, real quick, just like rapid fire mm-hmm. questions for you. I'm going to say two names, and you're going to pick one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Tierniers and Shakira. Oh, I thought we were doing checks. Sorry. Uh, 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 Tierniers kill, kills me, but Zinchenko. Uh, it, it kills me to say it, but just the, the 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 tactical change that he brings to the side is just amazing. I think it's okay. unreal. Ben White or Tamiyasu? Ben White. Ben White or Saliba? Saliba. Uh, Martinelli or Saka? Martinelli. Don't have to choose. That's the great part. Jaka or Partey? Partey. Oh, here's some. Okay, here's some hard ones coming back to back. Mikel Arteta or Conte? Oh, Arteta. Arteta or Klopp? Oh, Arteta. Can I ask one? Conte yeah. or Kanye? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's a hard one. That's I don't want either. I of am equally one. as offended by both of them. Yeah, I'm very but, upset. Two things I hate so much. Oh, oh Italians? Jesus, Austin. come on! Don't be taking that out of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
What was the what was the national? Was it Serbians or or something or Bosnia? Yeah. That part didn't talk so much shit. During our potathon about like Bosnians, and we just wouldn't let it go. (laughs) (laughs) I got you guys. Got to see this Tay or Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the only way. I will purchase a, a Tottenham jersey and wear it for an entire podcast if Antonio Conte legally changes his name to Tay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I mean, there's very little, few things that would cause me to do that. That's one of them. I don't know. Oh, I, I look at him and he looks like more like a coach formerly known as Conte type <laughs> to me. Yeah. Well, we look. This, this I, I've never seen something. Oh, and oh, and you got to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's jump in, please. But, um, no, no, I have to jump out. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, boys. Let's do this Enjoy more often. Tr- trust me, us having fun podcasting is not going to make Arsenal suck. So let's, yeah, let's yeah, no, I know, I know. I and know, I'm like, superstitious. No, have, so. Yeah, yeah, that's the Jewish religion for you. Um, <laughs> <all right>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you might want to leave now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm just joking. Mike was minding his own business and just caught a stray there. Yeah, all right, boys, pleasure as always. Bye, bye. Take care, mate. All right, we do have some user questions, and that would probably be a good uh, a good way to kind of finish us off with uh, now that we're down to an open mic podcast with no open micers because uh, it's just it's, it's the two. Um, but um, shoot, it's okay. Gonna... Mike and Aston always know how to finish. Oh yeah, we we oh no, I like this better. Um, if you have any other questions, please put them in the chat. We do. We've saved a few throughout the podcast, and um, and uh, yeah. So oh, what I was going to say about. Conte and Tottenham is they suck. The moment he was hired, I got in an argument with people. And the argument hasn't been won yet, but I got in an argument with the usual suspects um, in one of my 97,000, according to Andy uh, WhatsApp groups, about whether that was an ambitious hire or a desperate hire. Um, That was my view. Uh, Others saw it as being ambitious. Others saw it. Now, remember, this was like November. This is like a year and two weeks ago, November 1st or thereabouts. Um, and, you know, Tottenham were suffering, and he improved them for sure uh, over what Nuno Espirito Santos was doing. But um, I, we we got it, HFM. I'm going to be getting to it in, in a minute. Um, but we, uh, I mean, to me, it just seemed like they needed him so much more than he needed them. He'd do a job, not necessarily a good enough job, and use it as a springboard to something else. Hence, the contract, which, as I understand it, is still expiring in six months now. Um, you know, it's interesting you say that because I like to let, let, let's zoom out because sometimes we're so focused in on single seasons and things that we don't see the bigger picture. Which when the we bigger... zoom out, will my username on Zoom be uh, Fuck Fantasy, or, or will it be? Well, I mean, it depends on what we're at, what we're doing for the rest of the pod. I mean, we are the best at finishing. Um, so, so the uh, I, if you look at Tottenham, they just had a Jose Mourinho, right? Jose Mourinho is the type of person you need after like a Pochettino because Pochettino's a builder and Jose Mourinho will go for it and try to win you a trophy. That's why that's as close as they ever got to winning a trophy was with Jose Mourinho. You can't go Jose Mourinho into another Jose Mourinho. You know what I mean? Like you can't go from like guy that burns a team out to into immediately another guy that burns a team out. You need a builder in between. And unfortunately for Tottenham, as soon as they signed Conte, I was just like, did you guys just burn all your players out? Like, are you guys just trying to do that again? 
Yeah. Well, not, not selling, not selling Kane will come back to haunt them. Um, the just, I mean, they will leave. Will Conte leave the team in better position and condition than he got than he than when he arrived? No, not even close in my mind. And I don't mean they were eighth in the league when they when they signed him, and now they're constantly between third and fifth. That's not what I mean. I mean when he leaves. I mean, there's one person they could bring in, and the chat's on top of it already, which is Pochettino. Uh, mm-hmm. That that at least has some, and I almost want to throw up when I say this, but has some Tottenham DNA. Um, <laughs> but like, but like, um, you know, the, he could potentially revive the team, and they have made a signing or two that that is high quality. I mean, Kulisevsky is 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 a great player, but like, they're <laughs> The reason that they're able to do what they do, aka Son, Kane, and maybe one or two other players, and a, just a disgusting style of football that that lends itself to to being able to hold other teams in check. Oh, are, uh, I mean that that's that's towards the end of its cycle. So I, I just I think that they're going to be laughable. Like two or three years from now, with the stadium debt, with the amount of money they spent on top of the stadium debt. If they they're in the same boat as Chelsea, in the, except they're not even starting from the same place. Where if they start one or two years in a row not getting that Champions League money, just like we haven't for the last five years, they're going to fold. They're going to suck. They're not going to be able to att- attract players. And I just think that shows the difference between us and them is that when our when our chips were down, we found a way of building back up. And I just don't see them doing. It. Well, well, that's what I was going to say. So one thing I will give Tottenham is that they are an actual club. They're a baby club for sure. Baby club. Class below us, but they're still an actual club. When Chelsea stops getting that Champions League money and stops being relevant, they're going to like go into like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna drop a league. Like they don't have fans. Like they're I've already seen on other podcasts uh, uh, where Chelsea fans are literally like exploding, going like, "I'm not doing this. I'm not doing no Arsenal banter era nonsense." All that sort of language just shows me yet again, y- y'all are gone. As well, and Bo- and Bowley's been to- Bowley's been spraying money around. Bowley's Wait. talking about building a new stadium. Please get Ronaldo. Home. Please get Ronaldo. If they do all that, if they, I mean, Bowley's being very, very aggressive with his spending. He's he's really trying to spend like Roman did, but I don't see that guy like like when the incoming revenues start to drop, aka not making the. And that's why I was rooting for Newcastle over Chelsea uh, last week, because mm-hmm. because you know, yeah, Newcastle's probably a bigger threat to us in the top four at this moment. And they're certainly ahead of Chelsea on the table. So, you know, if we were purely just looking for more points to a buffer between us and fifth, then Chelsea would have actually been the team to root for. But I need Chelsea to be out of the Champions League next season. I need Spurs to be out of the Champions League next season because I looked at the financials of these companies. I have a spreadsheet. I'm updating it. Um, Without that money... Those teams are not going to have. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna start hemorrhaging, and I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. 
it's not just the money too it's the the quality of those contracts i mean we're talking tottenham and all the players they sign we said when they signed those players you better win a trophy this year because they're old they're they're done like you you went and bought Perisic. like you're going to have to offload him at some point what are you going to do you know what i mean like you are not going to get value back for any of these players you bought like you, I, and, and that's that can that sometimes can work out very well. We you know have, a little bit about that, yeah. <laughs> but they're gonna, but they're they're in a position where biting that bullet without Champions League money and with a billion dollar billion pounds of debt from their stadium, um, you, they can hold as many NFL games as they want there. Uh, that's not going to solve the issue. So yeah, it's they're they're in very precarious position. They need Champions League. Chelsea needs. Champions League, we turned out not to need it. And that's meant only from a financial standpoint to bridge a much longer gap of being out of it than I ever thought that we would. You know, could we sustain one or two seasons? Would we start spending less because we were making less, further driving us down? I thought that was a worry. It turned out not to be because of the faith and the investment that KSE has has put into this team. And um and now we're reaping the rewards of it. So, yeah, Bowley was talking about Ronaldo over the summer. United wouldn't let him go right now, and they're probably regretting that. But um, let's um, answer let's, some questions. Yeah, let's do some questions before uh, before we head out. Um, this is more of a comment from Bobby, um, Mr. Jägermeister himself. Uh, Jack Wilshire in charge of a part of the youth team as well now. More Arsenal players in the system will help. Waiting for Santi Cazorla to come in soon as well. This was around the time of your, uh, I mean, this was over an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, did did when you, you see what, did you when see you the Cazorla thing? These. Did you yeah. see the Cazorla um, thing? Yeah. Th- that would make me happy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, I, I mean, it's not like life changing. It's it's nice that they, you know, that I mean, Nacho Monreal was at the Arsenal game uh, mm-hmm. last weekend, I think, because Lee Judges didn't let us, you know, not know that he was hanging out with them. Um <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, the goat. I mean, El Calabra is one thing, but like, I don't know if the club is. When I say the club, I mean the fans. When when Cazorla returns to the stadium, I think we're all just collectively going to weep. I mean, it's a big deal for me. I, 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 it's not like I don't know. There's something about him. There was always something about Cazorla. When he smiled, I smiled. You know, the hug, it's the huggability factor. Yeah, and 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 that and that little mad that little bit of magic one of the things that like made me like go into dread mode was when he left and then ramsey left and i was just like what is what are we even anymore so i don't know i would love to have Cazorla around and i think that i'm um, speaking to the arsenal dna thing i agree with this i think that the biggest thing we have to remember is we are a gigantic institution we have a history that's greater than most like th- there are museums that have less history than us put it that way right and so when we need to dig deep don't forget that we have quality within oh we don't always need to be envious of what they have over there on the hill or what this team we have roots that we can draw from and i think that's exactly what you're seeing in the team today and why you're seeing such a connection between fans and the team right now yeah no it's i i can't wait i i I just didn't think i was going to get over there because of uh our our move and and uh some Mm -hmm. some medical stuff and and uh, now i'm going in january and it might not be it might not be my last time over this season because I just need to be part of this. I mean, I, I just can't 
be this far away. Andy talked about FOMO. This is serious FOMO I'm having right now, and I just can't can't get enough of it. So um, thank you. Uh, just can't get enough. Just can't get enough. Now, Vivek, this, uh, also uh, an hour ago. Um, sorry, Vivek, and thank you. But question on the same thought. We were talking about the January transfer window, I think. Loan if right personality is not available. 100%. Um, we, we kept our powder dry in January because not because we didn't want to spend money. Because had Vlahovic been interested in coming to England, we most likely would have bought him. We know that. Uh, he wasn't interested. His agent wasn't interested. He wanted one move and one move only. Uh, but uh, you know, we know that there was discussions and, and that there was money being offered for him. Uh, we just didn't pull the trigger on moves for the sake of moves. Why we didn't do a couple loan deals? You know, other than... Um, well, no, we didn't. I don't think. Uh, you know, then uh, that—that's a good question and one that really deserves an answer, and we're not going to get one. But this this January, I think, you know, again, if if there are players available, if something about the World Cup or the state of world football makes this January a more enriched transfer window than Januarys normally are, if we go after people with expiring contracts and decide to throw them ten or fifteen million instead of wait until the summer, then so be it. Um. You know, I would be fine just adding to our depth in loan because in, in loans because again, our starting eleven and a couple of our second team players, if we want to call Tierney that, if we want to call um, ESR when he comes back, that I mean, are 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 just fine in my book. It would be just kind of making sure that we have a contingency plan. Other, you know, in addition to El Nenny, if something happens to to Partey and, and a contingency plan other than Sambi Lakanga in case something happens to Xhaka and, and those sort of things, which can be veteran depth that we're not tying ourselves down to four years and, and 200 grand a week for, that would be perfectly fine for me. And then, you know, and then we hopefully go big again in the summer. Do you think that we're, we'd be able to get like, like he follows up with this. Uh, can we persuade folks for the loans, the ones that we need? Do you think that you can get people that can actually like fill in to the level that we need to on loan anymore? Like I, it be, it feels like we've now increased our level to be so high that the players that we would be looking at to like, like, who do you trust at, to, to sub in like that we could go get on loan for, for Partey, you know what you I know, mean? Well, like, Loans have been kind of strange the last few years because, you yeah. know, it used to just be young players to get experience. Loaning down was the thing to do. Mm -hmm. We've seen so many players loan from Juve to United or from, I mean, I'm just throwing out the, the types of clubs. Maybe that, maybe that didn't mm -hmm. exist, but like you're seeing players that for whatever reason, and, and, you know, Murata, I think was loaned. I mean, that's, I'm not, I'm not big upping Murata mm -hmm. in any way, but you know, we've seen that happen um, for either financial reasons or personality reasons at clubs or, you know, or something else. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It would just it would it would completely depend on who the person is. It doesn't do any good for us to to take some guy from Bayern on loan who who, um, you know, who's just not ready to play for Bayern yet because we need players who are ready to play for Bayern playing for Arsenal. We don't need players who aren't ready to play, but you know, if there's somebody like that, that just can't get into the starting 11, like, like when we perfect example, Odegaard. 
Yeah. Uh, when we loaned him from Real Madrid, it wasn't because he sucked and wasn't ready. It's th- it's that he just couldn't find his way into a Galactico squad yet. Um, and if there are players like that, you know, available, I'd I'd look into them, knowing that they're depth. So, you know, I'm not against a loan because even if you pay significant wages, if the team is loaning him to us because they don't want to pay his wages and not play a guy, if there's a profile of a guy who might be on. 200,000 a week in Italy or 150,000 a week in Italy and they and and the team's struggling financially they don't want to pay his wages and he's not starting for them but he's a known quantity maybe he's in his you know 31 years old absolutely I would do that for depth because even if you pay him a considerable amount for the 4 months of the season that's left you're you're not obligated to anything beyond that do you wait wait so if you're getting a loan are you going for the league or are you just trying to stay in top 4 we, we we have to go for the league, right? Not, so, I so, mean, so that's so that's my question. Do you think that the players that'll push us to going for the league are we going to be able to get them on loan? And I, I do you think that do you think a thirty one year old that can just do a job will come in and like push us? Like, do you think that that'll that, be that that assumes that you're bringing in a player to displace one of our starting eleven, mm. so that we can we can. Uh, I think so I think our if, starting eleven is good enough, is what you're I, saying. I think our starting eleven is 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 plenty good enough to win the league. If we if we were to have the kind of help the 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 luck with with health that Leicester City had during their run, uh, to an extent that Liverpool had, um, where we don't have to make changes very often, maybe we just, you know chop and change for cup games and you know and 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 we'll struggle a little bit with the Europa League. But if we're if we're if we're able to play our the 11 that we played against Chelsea, the 11 we played against Wolves before one of them got sick. Um, if we're able to play that starting 11 for most, if not all, of the remaining 24 games of the Premier League, and I know that's impossible, I think we absolutely have a chance to win the league. And what we need to bring in is the people who can be a smaller step down from our optimal 11 than the players that we currently have now. I, I think we we make a big step down when Sambi Lakanga comes in. Uh, we make a big step down when when Rob Holding comes in. We make a step down when when El Nenny comes in. We make a step down when uh, you know you can pay. You know, I mean, there, there there are a lot of areas where where it's a big jump down, and and we could find players mm-hmm. that would would dislodge the second team players. I don't think we're going to get anyone on loan that would displace one of our starting 11 right now. So and I don't to, think we need to. To what you're saying in, in chat there, HFN, um, I see, I don't know if you can get some of these players on loan is my question. Maybe, maybe, especially like, I, I just for some reason feel like e- even Sangare here that you highlighted, which is one of my favorite picks, by the way, for a, for a good, replacement for Partey would be Sungar. I think he's perfect. I think he's got the physicality. I think he's like a metronome. His technique's great. I, I just don't know if you can get him on loan. I don't, I think that you have to buy him. I, I, I don't know if PSV are willing. And, and that's, and that's the thing. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I don't understand how like the business is done or what, what a large club like Arsenal could pressure PSV into to being okay with. But he just seems so integral to PSV and too good for them to just say, well, we'll, we'll just loan you out for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, if they're starting every game for their team, then then you're not going to get them on loan unless it's a loan to buy type of thing. Yeah, um, which you know, a, a loan with a with a which requirement Juve, to buy so. and an option to buy that that is essentially a a purchase deferred until the summer, mm-hmm. which you know financially could could work out uh, better because you'd be banking the the expense against you know Champions League money coming in instead of instead of Europa League money coming we Champions League money oh, I'm going to I'm going to roll around in Champions League money on my bed um <laughs> all but, the all the money that Arsenal lets us touch of course yeah. well we, you know when the cameras go off they give you all the money right yeah when, when the cameras are off and I'm hanging out with Odegaard and Saliba <laughs> son of a bitch all right um <laughs> next question um from HFN, Gunnar Aston, opinions. Now, this is a guy that you have. Uh, let me say it for you, so that, because you know. Well, when bet when I was in the uh, when I was in the owners box talking to uh, Josh Kroenke and um, and Adu, um, I asked them. I, I told them one word. I said, I told them one word, and that one word was. You need to go out and get Jude Bellingham, um, and uh, you know, and 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 they and they said, "Wow, that's a name we've heard before. We'll definitely keep that in mind." Um, did I get it right? It's close. I I've, I'm a little more nasally when you kind of do be yes. um, when I was with Josh and Stan, I was wondering, could you guys get me a Jude Bellingham? Yeah, that's that's more. You know what I could good. go for, right? <laughs> Would you would you like a beer right now? No, but I would actually like myself a Jude Bellingham, please. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Yes, that's exactly how it went. Exactly like that movie scene and everything. Yeah. Um, what would, I spend, would you I'm, sacrifice future recruitment in other positions for Jude? Also, Ben White and Jude seem to hang out a lot when they're both with England. That's good to know. Yeah, Jude seems like I always felt like Jude and Grealish was another one where there are two players that seem to be like really attracted to Arsenal players. I I, uh, I always feared it being us going the other way, but it'd be nice if they came here. Um, Jude Bellingham for 150 million, he's 150. worth it. Fifty. That's that's euros, but like I mean, okay, so it's 130 million pounds. He, he, I think he's evaluated at about 115 right now, so it's close. We're never Here, gonna do that, though. No, no, we're never going. We're never gonna do that. But what I do, I, I don't know. I think I might pull that trigger because the reason why is you know what we should do. We should ahead. say we should say Arsenal. We will give you all of Max's super chat money. Oh, and 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 if that helps us get Jude Bellingham, then then uh, you know, yeah, every single super chat is going to the Jude Bellingham fund. Okay, send them in, send them in, folks. Send Aston, them in. Aston knows all of the decision makers. He's hung out with them. Uh, so yeah, the um, you know, uh, um, get, the, well, get them credit cards. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, they did, and they all did invite me to dinner to, um, with them. So yeah, that's true. I do know them. We will be hanging out personally, and I, if you, if a matter of fact, for I've been an invited extra, to things that didn't actually happen myself as well. So thank you for, for an extra for an extra five for an extra five on top of your of the normal twenty dollar entrant. If you pay an extra five, I'll actually say your comment directly to them. Yes, he is. He we used to be the Cronky Whispers. Now Aston has replaced us. 
but no, no, no. But seriously, seriously. Uh, all, all jokes aside, actually, on the Jude Bellingham thing, is it sacrificing? Is it sacrificing development? Well, here's the thing, because you do have to worry about. Because I think that what they're trying to hint at is Charlie Patino, right? Charlie Patino is the one that you have to worry about. Charlie Patino has been said that he plays more of the Xhaka side. Like he plays on the left side, a little bit like a, a little bit of an advanced eight, a de- um, not an advanced eight, a deeper eight. Um, and the thing is, is that's where Bellingham would play. <laughs> Bellingham would play that left side at eight. So I, I don't know. I'd still do it. I say like the more good players, the, the better. And I probably push Sambi out and yeah, I, I I don't know. I I, I mean I mean look look I mean I, I I know the 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 concept, but if we're bringing in Jude Bellingham, Charlie Patino can go fuck himself. I mean I love the guy, but yeah, like yeah. sorry. But, <laughs> you're, but, you're... <laughs> and and for for everybody, like I don't think that. And I think what he meant, what I what he what he meant was that like that money would have been used to strengthen other places. Not are you necessarily holding back. But who? Uh, but the, at, at this point, who else are we? All the targets that everybody hypes up are all going to be 70, 80 million plus. Like you're not basically it's either you get one of the superstars or you don't. I don't think that that difference of 30, like 30 million, like that they're really just going to turn around and spend. Like, I think that if they buy a 70 million dollar player, they're done. So if they if that number gets up to 110 and they're done, sure, whatever. I I I just I see it as more of a they see targets as like they see individual targets and slots. They don't see like a total budget as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah, seems no, to be I, how they operate. I well I, I yeah I've always agreed with that. Um, and um, you know how you could get Jude Bellingham's attention though? Sending Saliba to take a video of him jerking off? No, all you have to do is just say hey. Hey Jude, and that's it. And then, then he's then you nah, go. Nah, 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 no, nah. you're not. You're not going there. Um, Demsek says now we know why Ivan Tony wasn't picked. Um, that's what mm-hmm. you know. That, that's another uh, reason we named this podcast what we did. Um, you know, bet takes on a new meaning when when Ivan Tony is in uh, in in big trouble for that. No audience, I have not said it was okay for Mike to start using bet. I, I tell him all the time he's not cool enough, and he just. Keeps doing it. I don't. I can't you, stop them. You and my son have told me that, and uh, and and you know, if I let people, if I rearrange my life from all the people that told me I was not cool enough to do this or not cool enough to do that, I would literally just sit still my entire life, which is kind <laughs> of what I've done. Um, you know. <laughs> but, I'm not touching that one. I'm not <laughs> touching that one. Let's go. We've got another question, right? Yeah, we uh, we do from Lynn Simpson. Uh, thank you, Lynn, for uh, for sending this. With how hard Arteta has worked with the team this season, and where we are, the Cronkies must back him in January so we compete to get the EL or PL. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I mean, what what's different about this season than last season, other than the way we're playing, is that the the long term plan for this team and getting us to a regular sustainable competitive model wasn't that we would get top four last season. It just wasn't. Um, that's not lack of ambition. That's, that's in 2018 coming up with, or, or, you know, early 2019 coming up with a, a plan and a reasonable, you know, they talk about setting goals, setting smart goals, like simple, measurable, attainable, uh, relatable, 
teach them Re- realistic or something and, and and then timely or something yes so, so, something like that so if you're saying in 2019 okay here's what we're gonna do we have a pile of shit oh nice thank you max um we have a pile of shit right now and this is them sitting there in, in early 2019 we got ozil sitting on his ass we've got Gwenduzi mouthing off we've got this we got that it's going to take us four years to get back in the in the Champions League, and then from there, you know, we'll be self sustaining self sustaining enough from uh, from you know Champions League money that we can really push on to make a title challenge. All of a sudden, they look up, and we're not competing for fifth or sixth place. We're competing for third or fourth in 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 uh, in, in December and January last season. And what they did was, they said, you know what? We'll splash the cash if the right person is there, but we are not going to sacrifice 2023, 4, and 5 for 2022. We're not going to be tempted to do that. And I got to admit, and I'm, I, you know, you could say I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, what is it called? I'm, I'm spinning this, but it takes a lot of patience and a lot of self-control to not just blow your wad. Speaking of William Saliba on the couch. Um, and you know, and, and they did that. They restrained themselves from paying 75 million for Alexander Isak. They restrained themselves from paying probably 30 or 40 million for somebody who wouldn't have been worth it and would have been a kind of a noose around the squad. I mean, it, 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 they didn't do that. And I've argued for, you know, hours and hours with people about whether that inaction cost us champions league or not, whether selling ABBA or giving him away, I should say, without replacing him, cost us the Champions League or not. I just don't know a way that you could get a definitive answer to that one way or the other. But they 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 basically said we didn't plan on getting Champions League this year. We have every opportunity to get it, but we're not going to blow it all to try to do that. This season, difference, different kettle of fish. Well, yeah, I I think that we're definitely in a different position, right? I think that what you can say is much like uh, much like the title of this show, Arteta walked into the office, said, yo, you give me the tools that I need. I promise you I can get results. They said word. And he was like, bet. Right. And then look at the team that I would have paid. I would have loved that Amazon documentary. Like there's an episode called word. Like, like, can you imagine like Stan Krog just were (laughs) it'd be amazing. But but he but what we're seeing now is there is no argument. The fans aren't divided anymore. Arteta and Edu have shown that they have got what it takes to be. To, to take a team to the top. They just need the backing. You can give us, like, like they said, like, no, 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 don't worry about what you see. Just give us the players we need and we'll be fine. And they steadied the ship. And man, is this a, is this a crazy turnaround? One of the things I will say, though, is that does not mean that they are perfect or beyond criticism. You know, as much as we make the arguments, you know, this, that, this and that in January about strength. They are for you because you're still hoping to have dinner with them. But but, but for, oh, yeah. for most oh, yeah. people, for, for oh, yeah, yeah. most I, well, layman. Well, well, don't you know <laughs> that lay like, people. Josh personally, um, I'm Josh's personal life coach. He actually takes criticism from me all the time. It's part of our package deal, right? Um, but, uh, but no, no, no. One of the things I say, advantage of your package is what you're saying. One of the biggest mistakes in January, right? The biggest mistake. And it's not Vlahovic. It's not Isaac. It's not any of that. 
It's Bruno fucking Guimaraes. Okay. That, so we can't say that they've been perfect because there's no reason why we should like for 40 million, the fact that we didn't get Bruno Guimaraes and we turn around and he's look, looks like the best midfielder in the league. And everyone said it, even Bruno was saying it, Hey, Arsenal come get me. And we didn't do it. So I can't make sense out of that. I can't make sense out of not getting Paqueta. Paqueta, for as not good as West Ham is, go look at Paqueta's numbers. They're insane. So I don't know why we're not moving for certain players, but I do know that whenever they pick a player, they they bang. They well, go. And the, and, and, and the interesting thing about it is the Gomares thing, you know, you you you, you follow the, the time-space continuum of that. What does that mm-hmm. do to Granite Jaka this season? Um, I don't know. Make them better. I, it should, but like I mean, I, I I'm just saying I don't know. I'm not, you know, I, I it, we'll never know. That one did seem to make too much sense not to happen. I don't really understand why it didn't. But I think you know. Bruno would play. We could get Bruno in for the Partey role anyway. And I know Partey has been great, but you know how I feel about this situation. I think that we need to be very, very sure, especially considering the injuries and. and I just think that everybody thinks that's the hole we're missing in. A Bruno Guimaraes filling that hole. Well, filling any hole. <laughs> maybe that maybe <laughs> maybe they maybe they just said, you know, hey, we're not gonna talk about Bruno. Okay. Yeah. We're not gonna yeah. do it. Um all right. I uh, I think that's the last question uh that we had. And um and yeah, I've posted a few things about DT. I don't remember which uh which one you're talking about, Daniel, but I, I appreciate it. Uh that is the first time I've ever actually had a tweet complimented because usually they just fall into the ether. Um, no mm-hmm. one sees them, but, uh, but yeah, always good to see him back <sighs> said nobody ever. Um, anyhow, um, if you are a gamer and you, and, and I noticed you signed up, uh, asked yeah. if, if you are a gamer, please do not hesitate. Uh, we're looking for more entrance to the third annual FIFA 23 Champions League for Gooners versus Cancer. This year, it's in cooperation with AFTV. They're helping with uh, some publicity on it. They're going to stream some of the games, just try to get Gooners versus Cancer a higher profile. Um, But whether you, as long as you play FIFA, no matter how you feel about AFTV, please join. It it costs $25 to enter, but that's a donation to uh, to Gunners versus Cancer, to, to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Here are a couple of details, a quick video to uh, to show you how to do it. Hey, all you Gunners out there. It's Mike from Gunners versus Cancer. want to say big up to AFTV for partnering with one of Arsenal's fastest-growing charity campaigns run by lifelong Gunners, raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society to help cure blood cancers worldwide and provide support to families suffering from these terrible illnesses. We are introducing the third annual Gooners v. Cancer FIFA Champions League on both the Xbox and PlayStation platforms. This year, we're in a special partnership with AFTV Media. It's a competitive and fun tournament open to Gooners around the world, offering the ability to play anywhere from 6 to 12 games against other Gooners around the world. If you get far enough, you even get a guaranteed matchup against one of your favorite AFTV hosts. Maybe it'll even be lead judges, which is essentially like playing Sutton United in a Champions League quarterfinal. So, uh, you know, you could get lucky or use your skill. So who wants to miss that? Here are the details. Step one, register for the tournament. Go to gvcxbox.com 
or gvcplaystation.com, depending on your gaming platform. Create an account and register for the tournament. Step two, go to www.fifadonate.us and make a $25 donation to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society directly through the website. You can use a credit card, debit card, PayPal. If you're outside the U.S., your card or payment method will automatically transfer that into your local currency. Step three, wait for the confirmation email from Gunners versus Cancer that you're in the field of 32 and get ready to compete starting on Monday, 14th of November. Your games could be streamed live on AFTV, and if you get to the semifinals or beyond, there are cash prizes, as well as everybody having the opportunity to win signed shirts and other merch from Arsenal. You know you want to play. You know you want to help. You know you want to kick cancer once and for all. Arsenal might not be in the Champions League this season, but you can be. Sign up for the Gunners versus Cancer Champions League now before registrations close on Saturday. I, think I unmuted myself during it and it caused some echo. Uh, you know, but- I gotta wait, wait, I gotta say make something very apparent because I didn't realize there were cash prizes. Let me say this already because after I win the tournament, it's gonna be awkward. So I will be donating any cash prize that I win to Gunners vs. Cancer. Look at you. Look at you. Well now I'm rooting for that's the best way to, you know, to 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 make friends and influence people. Um is um giving away money so uh oh this is sad uh bird leno went out of uh, out of your life he went out of my life that just sounds so like dramatic <laughs> like, I, lo- I love daniel man. He, he he gets us daniel daniel gets us um so uh so yeah uh that is what's going on right now please go to gunners uh versus cancer uh, Gunners v. Cancer, check out the, the auction that's going on. The tournament is a separate thing which you can enter. And um, that's about it, man. You uh, you surviving all these storms? Everything good around the Ast- the Aston uh, estates? I mean, yeah. Orlando's been getting hit hard this, this, this fall. Yeah, we didn't have a hurricane for like 15 years. Uh, last time we had a hurricane, it was like five in a row. So I guess we were just like, you know, waiting that time around. But yeah, we've been fine. We're hurricane. Like we're bu- we're built different around here. Like it wasn't even a hurricane. It was a tropical storm. I like slept through it, you know? Yeah, well, and, and hurricanes aren't the only thing coming to Orlando. The NBC Fan Fest is coming that? to Orlando. I would be there with bells on, except I'm going to be in London at the game. Well, I'll be there. We'll be in Orlando, so I got. If, right. if I don't end up going to London that that week, um, you better believe I'm going to be in uh, in Orlando because I'll just be I'll be two and a half hours away. Do you think uh, Sophie will be there? Uh, Sophie was threatening to come to Philadelphia for the last one, so uh, if you're there and I'm there, I think we drag Sophie over to Orlando. Yeah, uh, let's reach out to Soph for for sure, but. Uh, and, and and I would be the first guy to start to have FOMO over something Arsenal or Premier League related whilst at the game in, in London. <laughs> well, actually, now that you've brought it up, that's actually inter- an interesting thought. Let me actually look into it. If you're a Gooner and you're going to be in Orlando at that time for the Fan Fest, maybe we'll set something up to do like a fun meetup. Not for like publicity, not like a live cast, just like a Gooner. We'll meet up at a bar and we'll... Well, I'll buy you a drink or something, okay? Uh, yeah, that, that sounds like fun. I know Craig Thornburg was in here earlier mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and and you know, was uh, was definitely going to go to Orlando. He's he's set up an official Arsenal America uh, chat 
in uh, our chat, uh, Supporters Club in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale. Speaking of Supporters Clubs, I am absolutely shocked right now to see the one and only Burhan Rio Noor in our chat. Bur- Rio is my first Arsenal mate. Like, not including when I lived there, but like the first time I went to a pub in DC in 2013 uh, to watch Arsenal with other people, as soon as I realized that there were other Arsenal fans in the US, um, this guy befriended me. Uh, we we spent years and years just fucking laughing our ass off while watching our, uh, Arsenal lose 6 0 and 6 1 and 6 3 uh, and 8 2. But uh, uh, but yeah, Rio's the man. I don't think I've ever seen him in our podcast with the exception of the time. If, if any of you might remember on Lee judges TV, when I did a post game show and he came on the screen telling people that I have real friends, not just the ones on, on, uh, on, uh, on podcast. In your mind. He, yeah, he, he, he drunkenly, uh, interrupted the podcast multiple times to say that I have actual friends and, uh, <laughs> I wish I had that video clip nearby because it's hilarious. But yeah, I got to see Rio for the first time in months uh, on Saturday. We got to watch Wolves win. He told me in the 15th minute that he would bet his entire life savings that Wolves wouldn't score at all in the game. And I told him that was ridiculous. And uh, he did. He bet his entire life savings. He won from me. And so I gave him a $20 bill. (laughs) Rude. Rude. Oh, she even said in here, good to see you actually have friends. That's funny. <laughs> um, and uh, what was the last thing I was going to say? Uh, oh, Bob, see you next year for a few Jaeger bombs. I will see you, but I will not be partaking in Jaeger bombs when I come over in January. I uh, That's all I'm going to say now. You'll have to, we're going to leave a cliffhanger because uh, I still, I didn't get to it Sunday on the Sunday roast. I didn't get to it tonight, but there's a, uh, the cliffhanger with regards to me that uh, that I will be getting to complete with video and pictures. So. Mike, so you're saying we had four people on the podcast today and now we're doing cliffhangers. Are we like a real thing again? Yeah, yeah no, we are. Look, we have scores of people watching us. And by scores, I mean more than 20. <laughs> so it's, uh, we are finally back above not another Arsenal podcast in viewership. Um, you know, we knew that, you know, once we had a podcast, we might actually get people to watch it, but look, I, I want to be podcasting regularly. We keep talking about it and, uh, and look, if it's just you and me and none of those other douches, uh, decide to come on, we'll we'll just keep doing it. So, uh, and we'll get guests and we'll have some fun. So hopefully you'll see a lot more of us over the next few weeks and, uh, and that's it, man. Take care. Yeah. We'll be here until you get tired of our faces guys till next time. Let's steal everybody's outro. Always Arsenal. Keep it Arsenal. At ease. Yeah, uh, Gunners, yeah. And before any of those, before most of those, my outro, which is come on, you Gunners. Watching the Gunners podcast, a production of TGP Media, wholly on subsidiary of Wanker Broadcasting Company Limited PLC. All rights and likenesses, except for Owens, are available for purchase and distribution according to the historical tenets of bird law. <laughs> Thank you.
make sure to check out the Gooners podcast at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TGP. Find Gooners V Cancer at GoonersVCancer.com. And don't forget, get them credit cards out. The Gooners Podcast has been brought to you thanks to a generous investment from Elon Musk, as well as the letter G and the number 69. Remember, Gooner family, that taught them get better everywhere they go. TGP out.